Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to the Buker and Friends podcast, co-starring 10-year NBA center Ryan Hollins. Shot blocked by Ryan Hollins. Hollins sent that into the third row. Six rebounds and eight assists. Hollins climbs the stairs. Down the floor. Ryan Hollins, he is the high jumper. That's what I want to see. Give me some gunpowder and throw the hammer down. And now, here is your host, Let's send it over to Rick Buker. Rick Buker. Welcome to a, another episode of Buker and Hollins, subsidiary of Buker and Friends, part of the United Wecast Network. I'm Rick Buker. You can see me on FS1. You can read me on Bleacher Report. You can hear me on radio.com. And you can follow me on Twitter at Rick Buker and on Instagram at Rick under score buker where you can see some of my sweaty selfies we'll get into exactly why that is he is ryan hollins uh nba vet you can see him on espn and hear him on a variety of platforms you can follow him on twitter at the ryan hollins and on instagram at simply ryan hollins all right we got a number of things i want to get to uh first of all ryan haven't talked to you in a little bit you do not celebrate a holiday, but your kids do have time off, right, from school. Oh, yeah, they're here chilling. <laughs> so are you glad to see them go back to school, or are you like, no, you know what? I like having the family home. I like having everybody there. Or is it a combination of the two? Yeah, I really don't mind the kids because, like, I, I figured I'm on the road so much that when I'm home, I'm home. So we're doing homework, we're playing games. There's there's always some activity going with the kids. They they may feel like you know what's funny? It's like I'm trying to give them a like a true break off. Like you know when you when you play and you've got a travel day and you're like, dude, that's not a day off. I had to travel. I had to see you guys. I want a real day off. So I'm I'm trying to give them like a day off from dad, like, okay guys, you can have a, a, a true break. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Uh, where are we going to start? Let's start with Anthony Davis talking about giving people a break. Uh, Anthony Davis, for those who did not see, uh, declined the maximum salary extension from the Los Angeles Lakers. And I'll just leave it wide open for you to start, Ryan. What does this say to you? Does it mean, it doesn't mean that he can't sign it some point later it just means that he's leaving his options open 
until this summer. Should we take anything? What do you take from it? I think it's a money move. Uh, he was selfless. I believe he dec declined upwards of 4 or $5 million, uh, correct, when he signed so that the Lakers can get the best roster that they can get. Mm -hmm. uh, and when I see that move, it's just saying that I'm not giving you a break. And I believe he can sign a four, uh, another year on the extinction, extension. And, Rick, you'd have to help me. I don't know if he's eligible for the Mega Max, but I know he's, he's going to be on an all-NBA first team after this year. And I'm, I'm presuming that he's going to be able to make a lot more money. So you're just going out to the Lakers and saying, guys, you're not you're, you're not getting a uh, you know you're not getting a break from me this time. Right. This time around, you know we're we're going full go and deservedly so. I mean, Anthony Davis is still young. Uh, this could be a contract that takes him into his, his twilight years, uh, a five to four or five year deal. So, I, I, dude, I'm all in on the move. And it also, Rick, I don't know how you about feel about this. Do you think that it keeps leverage between he and the Lakers? Because the Lakers have acted up with some of their stars. Yeah, I think there's a couple things here. I mean, obviously, yes, he could sign a four-year deal worth $146 million. If he waits until July, they can offer him a five-year deal that's worth more than $200 million. Although when you start to get into these numbers and you talk about that extra year, there's not there's not a whole lot of... There's not a whole lot of distinction. And uh, if we're recording this after the Lakers dispatched the Knicks, but in that game, Anthony Davis had to leave early because he landed on his tailbone uh, after going up, I think it was against Julius Randle. And this is what's somewhat amazing, Ryan, and I think you, when, certainly when you started your career, if not when you finished it, there was a day and age when the second that a guy could assure himself of uh, financial security for the rest of his life. He was signing that big deal. He was never taking a short deal. If he could take a seven-year deal, he was taking a seven-year deal. If he could take a five-year deal, he was taking a five-year deal, whatever mm -hmm. the max money is. Yep. Now we see guys very comfortable with waiting, taking shorter deals, anticipating that the money is going to be there later. And I have to say, I think a big part of it is because there's so much money up front. Even when you're signing, like, you know, DeMarcus Cousins, people would look at it and say, well, DeMarcus Cousins really got worked because he didn't get a chance to sign the big mega, mega deal. And yet, he still made what? <laughs> he still made, oh, I'm, made I'm sure he made close to $100 million in his career already. Even, even with the injuries, even without the opportunity, to sign another big deal in his prime. So I I think I think there's some of that, but I also feel as if I mean let's let's look at the Lakers. First of all, the the chemistry between LeBron and AD I think is very good. Would you agree? It's the be it's the best in the league. I, I predicted it would be uh, in the summer on first take and and they've sh shown as so because LeBron loves the pass and AD's one of the best finishers we have in the game. Agreed. Yes, but there's also the question of <clears throat> if AD is going to be the guy in LA when LeBron is done, what is AD left with? Like if he looks past LeBron and he looks at this roster and he looks at this situation, is it, and he's signing a long-term deal with the Lakers, 
what does he really have around him outside of LeBron? Not much. And uh, and they've given got, away all of yeah. their assets. I mean, they gave away the majority of their assets in order to get Anthony Davis. Well, I'll, I'll throw two scenarios to you. Magic Johnson built the team around LeBron to say, LeBron, you're getting older. I'm going to give you a break. Lance Stevenson can get in the lane and create a shot. Rondo can create a shot. Uh, Lonzo uh, has the ability to play point. And all those guys weren't top tier, but the idea was they could, in a perfect world, go create a shot. What ends up happening is it doesn't work out. And we see LeBron is so much more comfortable. It's like it's like he's a, he's a GM's worst nightmare because now if you're the Lakers, you go out and get all these shooters. And now the problem with the Lakers is you don't have anybody who can create their own shot. Right. So a la Anthony Davis, that's nice we have spacing. But AD, there's moments where you struggle to create a shot against certain defenses. You're comfortable playing team basketball and not so much go out and create your shot. And it's LeBron's nightmare, too, when you run against the Kawhi Leonard's and Paul George's of the world. And I would say even it seems like Philadelphia's uh, or, or even Milwaukee's that can actually guard those guys. So I, I, I hear you loud and clear, Rick, that it, AD would have to bring another star. And I don't know if that's a sign and trade with a guy like Devin Booker. Uh, I, I don't know, you know who you can appeal to, uh, but he's going to need another guy there assuming lebron retires in a year or two you know we we don't know how soon but a year or two would you are we on the same boat there rick well look lebron has made it clear and i think his 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 overall objective is to play a year with his son and for if i'm anthony davis that's the other thing i think about is okay if that's what we're aiming toward if bron and Bronny, then am i going to be the sideshow to bron and Bronny? Do I want to be do I want to be around for that? Do I want to be part of that? And on in one hand, <clears throat> it is a very unique special thing. Uh so but if you're Anthony Davis and particularly if you're Anthony Davis's dad from what I know his objectives are for his son, I don't know that you want a part of that. And so I still believe, you know, outside of the fact that he could make a lot more money, uh, or let's a, a little bit more money. Let's be realistic. Five years, two hundred million. Four years, one hundred and forty-six. At that point, we're talking about that fifth year is probably worth like forty-five million dollars. So it's it's not that far off uh, it, that he would get if he signs if he if he took the four-year deal and that what he would get in the first year of the next deal that he signed. I just I just wonder if what they do this season, how far they go, how good they are, is still going to be a big determining factor in terms of what AD decides to do this summer. If they if they win a championship, then I could see where he's like, yeah, let's let's try to go get another one. If they get knocked out in the second round, I have to think he's going to be looking a little harder at what his other options might be. Yeah, I mean... I, I look at it like this also. For one, if he stays with the Lakers, I believe he's eligible for that Mega Max. I don't think a guy that was in New Orleans, a small market team, is really looking to get out of a big market. 
you have to understand one thing, even playing with LeBron James, the older LeBron James, it's opened up Anthony Davis's world to things he was never able to see before. Guys like Rich Paul uh, getting in play, bringing him massive business deals on and off the court. There, there are things in play for Anthony Davis that he had never imagined. And we're talking about an all-NBA first team, all-star guy his whole career. And now he's seeing this new NBA where he's, I mean, he's being endorsed by the league even more and more uh, by being there. And then he can be, in a sense, a successor. I mean, like, he legitimately looks up to LeBron. Mm -hmm. And it was it was coming to a point where it was like nobody wants to play with LeBron. Guys don't look at him the same. Well, AD gives him that gratification. Mm -hmm. And I, I believe it's a it's a symbiotic relationship. I don't I know agree. if that, works. that even makes sense, Rick. I mean, yeah. you're, you're no, 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 I agree. <laughs> I agree. I, I've been... Uh, I've been pleasantly surprised at how well they've gotten along, and and AD certainly looks up to him. And I, and I, honestly, if you're asking me what he should do, I believe that the Lakers answer everything. Playing with LeBron answers everything for AD because I don't I don't see him being as the uh, being the guy who carries all the weight. Let him just be a great talent. Don't ask him to do everything that's required of the number one guy. Because I just, I believe it's just a little too much for whether it's his personality or his demeanor, however you want to, as a basketball player, great basketball player. As the cornerstone, the cornerstone of your franchise, if you can play with LeBron James, then it allows you to get the best out of Anthony Davis and not expose what he may be or what his shortcomings may be. So, uh, but... Again, you know, I I kind of know, I know how much his dad is interested in 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 AD being the guy and being in a major market and being the guy, and that's why I found tonight's game really interesting because I think the Knicks remain and and were prior to him leaving New Orleans, the Knicks were one of those places where the Davises were interested in going, and so getting run by them, him playing against that young talent. I felt like it was a bit of a uh, rehearsal for the young Knicks players, whether they intended it or not, to show Anthony Davis what he would be playing with if he played in New York. And, you know, it's kind of kind of a mixed bag if you watch the game. <laughs> you, know, it's, you know it's intriguing that I just thought of that could be a nightmare for the league yeah a lot of these players they match up their year their years yeah uh along with another star's free agency and just throwing this out but this could be nasty if somehow ad and Giannis paired up in free agency if somehow ad and Giannis mm. match their free agencies like we've seen lebron do with d wade and bosh and and a number of these guys have and, and paired up. I it, I mean, that would be nasty. Rick, I don't even know if you have a reply to see what those two would look like, possibly in L.A. Yeah. Possibly. You know, look, I can see LeBron getting to the point like, dude, I make enough money in L.A. Like, I'll, I'll take that Tim Duncan deal. Or yeah. like, you know, doing it in New York. You know, who knows? Like, and, and, and I agree. Like, New York is still New York, bro. Like, say whatever you guys oh, want. Oh, for sure. It's still New York. For sure. And well, and we're gonna we're going to get to 
why market matters, why market can have such a profound effect. Uh, before we do that, though, I want to uh, give our, our listeners a chance to, even though the holidays are over, we still have a gift for you. Uh, it's a chance to make your workouts more enjoyable, more challenging, and more conducive to your busy schedule. If you're tired of having to create new playlists, you know, new beats to work out to, or you're looking for someone to keep you motivated with new routines, but you want to be able to do it on your time, you don't have to go to a class, maybe your schedule doesn't allow, you can do all that with CycleCast. It's an apt app that provides studio quality classes for both indoor cycling and running workouts. And if I'm not mistaken, uh, Mr. Hollins, you've tried you've tried it out, right? You've 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 Bro. given it a run. <laughs> so my guy Cedric, uh, he's one of the instructors on there, and I I was kind of joking with him like, dude, stop challenging me as an athlete because. He'll hit you with this line, Rick, and I don't know if you worked out with Cedric before. No, not yet. And and he'll be like, if you want, if you have anything left in the tank, you know, you, you can you can go all out right here. But you know, if you want a nice, comfortable pace, stay comfortable. You know what I'm saying? Like he'll do that through the workout, and I'm like, said, you know, I'm gonna do the latter, bro. Like <laughs> like, stop talking to me like that, right. said. The reverse. <laughs> but, the reverse psychology. Hey, you, you're yeah. you're working fine. You're doing a nice job. If you really want to go for it, though, yeah. but you know, I, but, but hey, hey, yeah, I'm not yeah. telling oh, yeah. you you should. Yes, but um, I, I look, will, I'll say this too, real quick. Rick. Yeah. I like that when you work out by yourself, you need the motivation. You don't have a trainer. Yep. And I'm a guy who's not really great with warming up, especially yep. by myself. Yes. And he'll warm you up yes. into the workout, and I'm like, yo, like, all right, we're in business. Like, I can do this. Yeah. I can definitely do this. Yep. Hey, look! I found CycleCast on my own because I had already had I already had a spin bike at home, a really good one. I didn't want to have to buy, you know, the new ones with the video screen and all that. You know, the one I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted, you know, more than anything else, I wanted someone who's going to vary my workouts and that was going to give me new playlists where I was going to listen to to music that wasn't already uh, on my phone. And and that's what I got. And so. Uh, and if it's a ridiculously low monthly subscription. You are not going to get anything that is going to be less expensive on a monthly basis for you to work out. You can use it on your iOS or Android phone, so you can t uh, Android phone, so you can take it with you. Minimal battery and data use. And and here's the thing: we're gonna go you one better. I said that it's ridiculously low subscription. We're gonna basically give it to you for free. They give you a seven-day trial, but if you use the promotional code Buker, B-U-C-H-E-R, you'll get four free additional weeks on top of your free seven-day trial. So that's five weeks of workouts. They change the workouts on a weekly basis. You got like seven or eight uh, instructors, so you're going to have plenty to get to, varied uh, time uh, amounts when it comes to the workouts. So go to CycleCast, that's C-Y-C-L-E-C-A-S-T, download the app and, or go to CycleCast.com, use the promotional code Buker, and uh, you'll get five free weeks of guided workouts with killer soundtracks. CycleCast, you're going to love where this app takes you. All right, so I was, we're talking about big markets, and it brings me to the second item here that I want to get to, and, and really am curious how you feel about some of the guys that we've seen, it's only the first release, 
But we got Taco Fall, who's got over 110,000 votes. He's sixth among the front court in the Eastern Conference. And Alex Caruso, who is eighth among the guards in the Western Conference. I actually got to double check that. He might be a front court guy too. I think he is a uh, front court guy. Do you have do you have any issue with the fact that especially Taco, who has played all a grand total of eleven minutes in the NBA over three games, <laughs> that he's got a hundred and ten thousand votes. Do you look at that and say it's an insult to the All Star process? Do you think it's insulting to other guys who aren't getting the votes, or are the fans just having fun and there's it's not a big deal? I don't think it's a big deal at all. I, I love it uh, because it gives the fans a, a voice. And ultimately, we know Taco has not met the requirements to get into the game, to say the least. Uh, I remember Zaza Pachulia getting voted in the game, you know, while playing with the Mavericks. Right. We've seen this dance before, so I ultimately don't mind it. And I'm a firm believer, Rick, in if you're going to ask the fans to vote, let them vote. Yeah. Like, like, don't pull it off. Let them vote. And you're seeing now that it's not rigged. It's funny. One of my good friends asked me today, he goes, is the NBA rigged? And I'm like, dude, no. <laughs> Have you not seen that these guys are getting voted into the All-Star game? And I think Jeremy Lin was definitely one of those type of guys. Yeah. I think Yao Ming, the year he was hurt, led the led in voting dude uh, so we've steph, seen this before steph curry right now has 101 90 000, 101 191 000 votes yeah yeah <laughs> he's no, played <laughs> like three and a half games this year he's out you know uh, at, at least until the spring if not the entire season so yeah no 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 i but here so the for those who may not know the fan vote counts for 50 percent. 25 percent is media 25 percent is players, I believe. I believe that's how it's it's broken up. And, and that's just for the starting five. And then the coaches select the remaining seven. Uh, so it's a very mixed bag. Um, it, it's I'm glad you brought up Zaza because this is the one thing that I have is that it made it awkward for Zaza because people were like bagging on him to say, well, you're not an all-star. You're not going to take that, are you? You're not an all-star. And it's like, okay, you know what? I may not be an all-star, but you're 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 kind of uh, belittling me as a player to set to just underscore how ridiculous it is that I would be getting these votes or I would be this popular. And I remember, like he he was he was a little just a touch salty about. The position it put him in. I don't know how Taco feels about it. I don't know how Alex feels about it. But it's almost like if you consider yourself a player, you may know you're not an all-star. But then when you've played 11 minutes and people are like voting for you to be an all-star, it kind of it doesn't doesn't it feel weird. I mean, can you imagine if you were like that? You were like primarily you're in the G League, right? And you were on the all like you were getting all star votes. Would you would you just go, man? I just I appreciate my popularity. I would go, it kind of feels kind of weird. If you're the guy that it's clear cut that you don't belong, yeah, 
in 2020, you endorse it. You roll with it. <laughs> but if you're the guy like Zaza that like, like, yo, I can play. I believe, I'm not sure. Was, I almost want to say Zaza was an all-star in the East or he was really close one time. And, and a guy who was having a decent season yeah. pops in. Now you're offended because it's like you're underappreciating my work. Yeah. And all I keep hearing is that I agree. Like you said, I shouldn't have been in. Right. That's kind of the frustrating part. You know, Steph Curry will, you know, I don't know if it works out. He might take his honorary invite and say, hey, man, I'm, thanks with no thanks, guys. I appreciate you, you know, Curry Nation or whatever. But for a guy like that, it depends where they are in their career. Well, but and here's the other thing. So Taco's getting all these votes and he's six on the list. He's ahead of Bam Adebayo, Gordon Hayward, Andre Drummond, DeMontis Sabonis, and two guys who I think deserve some attention. Certainly more attention than Taco are guys like Wendell Carter Jr. and Davis Bertans in 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 Washington. Now both of those team both of those both of their teams don't have very good records, and Bradley Beal and Zach Levine are going to get All Star votes before either of those two guys. But that's also where, like, if you're giving votes to Taco, then you're not recognizing somebody who, again, isn't going to make it, but maybe deserves to be a little higher on the list or on the list. Period because of the actual seasons that they're having. And 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 this is this is my solution is that I think we need to stop equating uh excellence with the All-Star game. Make it a full-on exhibition. Make it the players that the fans want to see. Like just the the most make it the most entertaining players. Make it almost like the Harlem Globetrotters. I want to see Jason Williams passing the ball off his elbow. I want to see Jamal Crawford going crazy. I want to see all the guys who have like the crazy games, the the entertaining games. I want to see them in the All-Star game. And then for the guys that we want to to recognize as the best players in the league, expand the All-NBA at the end of the year where you have... Four all NBA teams, and then you have ten more, uh, ten more honorable mention, all NBA honorable mention, and that way you are picking what the thirty top players in the league. You can attach all the bonus stuff that you attach to the All Star uh, selection. You can attach that to all NBA and expanding it, and. Uh, and then you're really rewarding guys for what they did that season. Because here's the other part, and you probably know this, right? You probably played with some guys who it was all about making the all-star game, right? It was all about yeah. being an all-star. And once February went by, you didn't see the same effort in them from in, in March or April that you saw leading up to February. Whether they made the all-star team or not, you could tell a guy was aiming for that uh that selection and that honor and so just take it out and and if you want to be an all-star and you want to be an all-nba guy you can still be that you can be entertaining and still one of the best but we won't we won't attach the same meaning to it that we do now yeah i mean i don't mind if you want to have somewhat of a i just don't know how you would choose We've got we've got about like five or six like diehard fan favorite guys. I mean, maybe throw them in a skills competition, find something like that. 
I don't know if you necessarily need a full on game for that, Rick. You yeah, know, I'm sure like Nike or, or Puma or somebody. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. like that can organize that uh, if we're looking, looking to do, go that route. Well, that's but, the other thing. Let's get rid of the game. Let's just make it a bunch of different contests. I like the game, though. I'm... I, I still want to main I want to main somewhat of a basketball purist where Kobe Bryant was out there like going for the MB, MVP or you know LeBron Russell James Westbrook goes for it every year or Michael Jordan <laughs> or Michael Jordan you, you know what I'm saying I, I'm I'm holding on to something Rick okay? yeah I'm not I'm so I'm so done with the All Star game I love the three point contest I actually love the skills contest. Uh, I love the world versus USA young players. I love that. And and like I'm looking forward to I'm trying to think if they do it, if they still do it, first and second year players in the game. Because uh, if they do, we get to see Doncic versus, versus John Morant in terms of running the two teams. I'm looking forward. Like I'll look forward to that. Uh, but and, and because there's a little something at stake still there. Like... I just don't know how much it means. You're not good with seeing it like a, a, a hot fourth quarter. You want the whole shebang? I don't mind turning it on in the fourth quarter, man. I thought that when the teams were picked by the captains, I thought that we saw some good basketball, Rick. And I thought yeah. there were a lot of guys that got serious or, or the captains had an obligation. I thought Giannis played full out effort and yeah. he went to go win the game yeah and i think that the voting excuse me the players picking each other it's just a schoolyard product like two guys might fight over a five dollar bet being an nba player and these are millionaires it's just right. the pride of being picked in a certain spot right. and you want to go show and prove <laughs> no dude the the selection process and i thought they made a mistake last year i said they made a mistake by ne- by not publicizing it the fact that they're going to make it public this year when they select that to me may be the most entertaining part of the whole thing. It's going to be it so much fun. The game. It helped the game out. It uh, for sure. Game for sure. Game, Guys are going to go into maybe with a little chip on their shoulder, something to prove. I, I'm with you on that. I'm totally with you on that. All right. Uh, the last topic we need to get to, we need to get to it because I spent quite a bit of time over the last few weeks working on this. I had a piece that came out on Bleacher Report called uh, it's regard to load management. Go check it out. Uh, I'm sure, Mr. Holland, you have not read it yet, but uh, it's it's getting pretty good reviews. And essentially, I just I'd heard from enough coaches and executives who they they're they rue the whole idea of load management. They think it's that along with analytics and and the the barrage of three point shooting is what's ruining the game and hurting its popularity. And it's not that load managing guys who are veteran players like the Spurs did with Timmy and Manu and Tony, 
that there's anything wrong with that. And I'm fully on board with that. The most important thing is get your team to the end of the year healthy and be able to to win a championship. I'm all for that. And if you got a player like a Kawhi Leonard last year who has a has an issue that he's dealing with and you want to figure out how do we make sure we get him in rhythm and at the same time we have him at the end of the year, I'm all for that. But we're seeing load managing with like first year players, guys who are 23, 24 years old. Uh, Thon Maker told me that Milwaukee, like he came in and he spent his first I don't know, uh, two and a half years there and he was working out like three times a day. He was the 10th pick. He wanted to prove that he deserved that. And they basically told him, you can't come back and work it out at night. They wouldn't let the, you know, they told the assistant coaches, don't let him, don't come back and work out with him. Don't let him come back in the building because their biometrics were, were indicating that, I don't know, his, like something, he was, something was running hot. So they didn't want him to do that. And he's like, I'm a gym rat, man. I, I feel like I, I know the condition I need to be in to be able to play my best. And if I'm not, then I'm going to feel slow or sluggish. And this is my career. This is my livelihood. And and I'm going to have somebody telling me that, no, I, I can't work. It, it just, you know, that's one example. So I, I know you are adamant that the game is much harder today than it was back in the day and I tend to agree that because of the speed and the athleticism that it is it is more taxing but I also feel like there are more accommodations than ever we've got we do have biometrics we have masseuses we have therapists we have acupuncturists we have like the technology in terms of the um the leg sleeves the that uh uh revitalize guys I mean I just feel as if we've gone overboard with protecting guys and and it is hurting the game and it's hurting the popularity because fans are not seeing star players on a regular basis. When I say the game is harder today, I say to pull off a Jordan-like performance and everybody goes, Jordan never took a possession off. Mm-hmm. He never took a playoff. It would be hard not to load manage or take a playoff in 2020. I'm talking about the guys like James Harden that was playing in the West last year with his entire team injured that had to go win every game that he could win and a guy who literally could not load manage. Yeah. Who had to finally play decent defense because he he was he was no longer up 20 points in the third or fourth quarter. Now he had these tight games. So I credit guys like Harden and say it would be really hard for those guys who played night in and night out to have the same production, mm-hmm. the same production in today's NBA because of the possessions. Let's say you play a team even like the Washington Wizards, right? You're going to be on a 120-point pace. Yeah. You're going to be on – you know what I'm saying? Yes. And, but see- regular, and that takes something out of you where the games prior would be, you know, in the 80s, Rick. But you bring up uh, a point that I think everybody overlooks. Everybody thinks that load management is all about sitting out games or sitting back-to-backs, uh, sitting out backs, back-to-backs. And there are a multitude of ways to load manage 
And to do it without having to mispractice or sit out a game. And I, I just, the, what bothers me, I think, the most is that if you're really going to assess and accurately assess and fully utilize a player and protect them from injury, then you have to be monitoring them year-round. You have to know what they're doing, and I mean exactly what they're doing during the off-season. And not just, uh, you know, the, right now, the way the rules are, they can only put the biometric monitors on them in practice, and that's voluntary. So there, it's an incomplete, it's an inexact science, and yet very definitive rules are being put in place in terms of this guy can only play 27 minutes or this guy can't practice today. And it's killing, it's killing coaches and it's killing the ability to develop teams. And the Miami Heat, to me, are the perfect example of a team that kind of ignores. I had Tyler Johnson was telling me, like, if we, you know, they were they had trouble guarding a stretch five. He, he thought it was Kevin Love. And the next day in practice, they did nothing for like an hour, but run, uh, but but drop and run back, drop and run back. And he basically said, "Look, you know, if if we had something that we were not good at, load management was out the window the next day. Like nobody was thinking load management. Pat Riley and Eric Spolster were saying we we're going to fix this thing and we're going to fix it now. And you can't tell me that the attraction of Jimmy Butler." having him down here because down there because he's that kind of guy and the dev, the development of Duncan Robinson and Kendrick Nunn and Tyler Hero that they're getting so and Bam out of bio like I mean they have a really young roster for what they're doing you can't tell me that part of it isn't the fact the Miami Heat go you know what we're going to have player development every single day and we're going to when you guys work out we're going to put the biometric stuff on you and we're going to put the screen up where everybody can see it so everybody can see how hard everybody else is working. They, that's what they do in practice. And uh, I just I believe their approach is why they are where they are. And I, and I think we need more of it, not less in the league. No, I couldn't agree more. I think it's intriguing. I couldn't imagine going back to the facility and not being able to work out. I mm. hope that there's there's two tales to that story. Uh, maybe it's like, hey, we don't want you getting injured without a trainer here. You're not stretching. Something like that is going yeah. on. Uh, my approach, if I was going to go back to the facility later on, like I would just punch in. Like, don't ask the coaches. Like, don't don't do that. That's mm. going to get you in trouble. Mm. And that's that's what it sounds like. Thon did like just come back and work. Because guess what your guess what the weight coach doesn't want to do, get fired because you were in there lifting weights with nobody there. Right. And then they're gonna say, "Yo, how did how did Thon get hurt?" Because the cardinal sin is to ever get hurt outside of you know playing basketball. Right. And that may be a deal. Or the basketball coach goes in there and the trainer's like, "Yo, who well who the hell stretched him out? He just pulled his quad. You know what I'm saying? Or yeah. maybe he twisted an ankle. Now." I'm just posing different scenarios. I don't know if that actually happened, but that could be, you know, where Thon came into play that he pulled the rookie mistake and just opened his mouth, Rick. <laughs> well, I'm I'm sure 
I'm sure that that does happen in places, but that wasn't the case with Thon because I got I'll it from you, somebody else I'll in the Bucks organization you, that literally from the from their coaching staff. They were like, in this case, so, and this wasn't like load management, but it's some you know somewhat similar. Um, when I was in Sacramento, if I didn't play, I go to run. Yeah, I always go to run. Like like you know that that like common sense. Like you didn't play, go go get in cardio as if you play. Sure. And I would do that. And when I uh, when I uh, I went to do it um, in in Sacramento, Chip was there, and Chip was our strength coach. And Chip, Chip Schaefer, former Chip Bulls, Schaefer, you know, yep, with the Bulls, Lakers, all that, yep, and Lakers too, yep. And he was just like, "I'm sending," and I was like, "I've always done this by myself. I don't need you here." And he made the biggest think that like. I would not work out in his weight room without one of the trainers there. Hmm. And I had to be our, one of the weight coaches there. So the poor weight coach, after the game, he's coming in there with me. And I'm like, well, screw it. You're just going to be in here with me. But he would not let me work out without that. Without supervision. I, I was, it was, yeah. Yeah. Well, you could have been Gilbert Arenas and you could have been running in your socks with your dog. Yeah. Because I believe that was... And, it, you know, and Rick, you know I'm a creature of habit. So yeah. I'm doing my same workout every time, bro. Right. Like, I'm doing the same, like, you know, 100 push-ups, this certain amount of sit-up. Like, I'm doing the same certain runs, you know, like, sure. doing the same thing every time. He's like, all right, man, like, like golly. And I'm like, but that was Chip's deal because Chip knew the last thing that would happen is me get hurt off his watch. And I think it's pretty tedious to do that to a veteran, but – yeah. That was just his mindset. Like, and I get it. That's how he feeds his family. They're not going to look and say, Ryan does this all the time. They're going to look and say, Hey chip, why did you have this guy in here? So, uh, before we, before we, uh, wrap this up, I want to throw something at you that one of the executives, uh, suggested to me, which is that they set up the contracts because here's one of the other elements is that a lot of this, uh, load management is being done with the superstar players and the superstar players, the way the players, uh, the salary cap and the players union structured it, your top two players are now making like half of your salary cap. He suggested that you prorate the money based on the number of games that your superstar players play. If they play, 75 if they miss seven games if they miss six percent of the the season then that six percent and it like you know obviously depends on injury if it's not not injury but if a guy's just rest it's gonna take a night off that you reduce their salary they get paid less i and i and i and and here's the thing i feel as if what I like about that idea is I think there's a great resentment in the public and to a certain extent with the media uh, when it comes to the NBA in particular. It's one of the reasons why I think that fans, right or wrong, and I think it's actually wrong, but why they love the NFL and football. Because football, the second you can't play, you ain't getting paid and you're not on the team. And there's a, I think fans just gravitate toward that. And I think football is a case where it should be the other way around. I think those guys get they they get 
the idea that you get hurt walk, and then bro. you get cut. I mean, it's just, yeah, that's, yeah, that yeah. is brutal. I, I, I don't agree with that, but what do you, what do you think of the idea of some sort of reduction if you're missing games simply because you want to take, you want to take a couple nights off during the course of the year? That's the damn stupidest thing I ever heard. <laughs> That's the damn stupidest thing I ever heard. I don't have a better at you. You want to know why? And I, I hear the understanding that, and it's like, like I, I hope an executive didn't say that. I, I, I <laughs> an executive that. did. Because, yeah, well, well, damn, how cheap are you? What money are you trying to save? Or, or tell me tell me what major free agent you going to sign trying to talk that that deal up. You want to know why? Here's the, here's the capital reason why. Yeah. Team tells trainer, this guy's too hurt. Sit him out. Yeah. Trainer goes and recommends player to sit out. Yeah. Players on ver- the verge of tearing an ACL or a knee. Players like, no, I'm playing. Right. I'm going to get on the floor and give you the most garbage yeah. five or ten minutes yeah. or play to just say I played just so I can get my money. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, no, like, no, no. It's, right? it's difficult. Right? And as I said, like it shouldn't be – it shouldn't be – health or injury or but but it would this is the bottom line and this is why the only solution and it and this is how my story you know the how i kind of close my story it still comes back to like we we can have analytics we can have biometrics it still comes down to the character of your players and the trust between your Owner, GM, head coach, and your best players. You're so, if, that you're so right. <laughs> if you all, if you believe, if you believe you you have each other's best interests at heart, and you believe that you're all trying to do the right thing, as opposed to trying to take care of yourself or trying to you know to, you know get over whatever it might be. If you think that hey this guy really is he wants to he wants to be successful and he wants me to be successful he wants we to be successful then then you can work uh but if you don't like I don't know that there's any like I, I don't think you can manipulate the system in order to get people to trust each other so check this Rick check this and by all means the statement I'm going to say is reflective of what you just said, but it's my opinion. I didn't hear this from executive. I'm not throwing something out, but we talk about culture. Yeah, That's why a team like the Miami Heat would never sign a Kyrie Irving. Right. Never. Right. That's why when the Raptors gave up the house to get Kawhi Leonard, the plan was already in place for low management. That's why when the Clippers did it, Jason Powell, trainer, my good friend, we had a conversation. He's like, I already know how we're setting this up. We've already spaced it out. We've already took into account travel, back-to-backs, yep. strength of schedule. Everything was already set. They knew what was going on with him. So, you know, that, that I, I hear it, but that's where you got to be actually be a general manager. That's where you got to do your homework. Yep. That's where you don't go and do some stupid stuff. And, oh, I didn't know the guy didn't want to play. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and and but you'll know you know this too and we'll wrap on this. You know how many executives are out there that are afraid to actually talk to their players. That are actually that will come down and have a genuine conversation. Like 
did for all the teams that you played on, how many times over the course of the season did you see the GM? Was the GM like checking in and talking to guys and like where you felt like and you felt like you could have a conversation with him and it wasn't gonna like the coach wasn't gonna be butthurt or like there wasn't gonna be there weren't gonna be issues. How 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 well you know what were the lines of communication with the various teams that you played on? Slim to none. When you had a conversation, it was like a, like a almost like a like yo, who are you? Like oh, nice to talk to you. And like oh, I didn't <laughs> it, like I, you know like so this is how I approach my career. I would do I would make sure I kind of did my work beforehand. Yeah. So I would talk to the, I would talk to the to coaches. I would try to get on the floor. I would always like kind of have a good track record. And then if I didn't like my minutes or I had a question with where things were going, then I would go to my agent, get advice from him, and then I would sit down with the general manager or yeah. coach. Yeah. But that was my last step on like, hey, why am I not playing and I'm supposed to be your guy? Right. Okay? Then we would go and have those conversations. So I say that because every conversation I had with a, a GM, whether it was Sacramento, whether it was Boston, whether whether it was Dallas, it was always surprising things that I heard. Like, oh, you're doing great. Don't worry, we're trying to trade this guy. Or, oh, okay. And you would have no idea. You huh. wouldn't have the slightest clue. But I would always find those things out second and third hand. Yeah. Rick, essentially because, you know, I'm going and meeting with them. And I tell you, Rick, in harmony with what you just said, and I, I'm sure you probably have some stories like this, or I know you talked to some head coaches that had the same blowback. If you are fly on the wall in a coach's meeting, you would hear the most craziest stuff. <laughs> and I'll put it out now. So I was sitting, <laughs> I was, I got to the gym really early because I was going in to talk to Larry Brown. This time, Larry Brown is judge, jury, and executioner, bro. And <laughs> I hear Larry Brown on the phone Larry Brown's in there, and he's like, yo, yeah, oh, yeah. I think he's talking to the Nuggets. He's like, yeah, I want Kmart. He's like, tell me who you want. I'll give you Gerald Wallace. I'll give you Raymond Felton. Who else? Like, how many more guys? You want Okafor? I throw him in there, too. And I'm like, yo, this dude is throwing us around like it's an NBA 2K salary cap, bro. And I just turned and walked right out and like, you know, like you kind of go into an open door yeah. and you turn back like, whoa, 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 I can't walk into this. Yeah. Dude, one time Rick Carlisle calls me on the phone and Rick Carlisle calls the wrong Hollins, right? Oh no. And Carlisle goes, and yo, he's in a, he's in a tizzy. He's in a tizzy. And he goes, what do I have to do to get OJ Mayo? What do I have to do to get OJ Mayo? <laughs> You tell me, what do we need to do to get OJ? Oh, he thought he was talking to Lionel Hollins? He thought he was talking to Lionel Hollins, bro. <laughs> and, you know, I could have played it up. Like, oh, we want a couple first. Like, you know. Right. But I'm like, you know what? I was like, hey, coach. Like, deepest <laughs> apologies. This is Hollins. Hope all is well with you. Hope all is dealt well with you. But I say that to say that if you heard the way these players got thrown around. Oh, yeah. You would you would lose your marbles, man. Yeah, you lose your marbles. No, no, no. And it's just that casual. And like you said, it's not to your faces. It's not to the players' face. Yeah. 
when we uh when we get to we have the we have the trade deadline coming up so we will continue this conversation because there are more stories to be told about Larry Brown and about trade. I, I was in the office of a GM one time at the trade deadline and, oh, and wow. heard how the conversation, it, I mean, it's fascinating. It's fascinating how the whole thing plays out. We oh, will do that listen, in an upcoming podcast. Crazy, like, yo, he ain't worth a damn. Or like, <laughs> have you ever seen like they're excited for a certain guy to get traded and like, they're like Loki, like, oh, he'll never play for us. Like, yeah. whoa. Like, <laughs> yo. Like, yo. Yeah. He'll never play. He was a throw in. Like, yep. yo, like, golly. Like, yeah. this guy's whole life got uprooted, you yep. know? Yep. If players, if players only knew. And probably some of them do. All right. That does it for this episode of Buker and Holland, subsidiary Buker and Friends, part of the United Wecast Network. Uh, please rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. We are on a new platform, Acast. So if uh, you had trouble finding us, well, you found us now, and uh, nothing's going to change as far as the content or anything else. We're just uh, on a different on a different platform. and uh, But you can still get us on iTunes every place else. If you want us to do something for you, other than getting you free five weeks of workouts with CycleCast, uh, send us a screenshot of the rating of the review uh, to at Buker Friends, and you'll be eligible to win some additional prizes. All right, that does it for this episode. In the next one, I am expecting a very special guest, but until I record that, I am not going to announce it because got to make sure it's in the book. But I think you're going to enjoy the conversation, so look for that in the next podcast. In the meantime, for Ryan and myself, as always, thanks for listening. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.